And to talk about HIV AIDS and World AIDS Day, I'm delighted to be joined this morning by Belinda Clark, Program Director with the Wyndham AIDS Program, Marilise De Jesus, also from the Wyndham AIDS Program, and Stephen Feathers, Outreach Staff from Perception Programs. Folks, thank you all for joining me for today. And Belinda, let me start with you tomorrow. World AIDS Day. What is it and what goes on locally here in Wyndham? Um, World AIDS Day, it's um, today's, I mean, this is the 30th anniversary. It's 1988 is when it started. 19, well, probably longer. 1988 is when, you know, it was founded and stuff. But, um, yeah, we've been celebrating this ever since that we started the AIDS program and perception programs and their outreach, um, which we've worked collaboratively for, God, over 30 years, which has been wonderful. And what goes on locally tomorrow to celebrate World AIDS Day? Well, I will pass this on to Stephen Feathers, who's been a very major part of getting this all together also. Hi, Stephen. Now you can answer what does take place locally for Wyndham, for World AIDS Day. Uh, so uh, here in Willimantic, we're going to have a um, some information available from 11 to 2 at the new Perception Programs building, which is right on Main Street. Um, so it's the old YMCA Path Academy building, and we're just going to have some information available because there's been, with COVID and all that stuff in the last few years, there's just been a, a lot of um, visibility loss for HIV and AIDS. Um, so we're just trying to make sure that the other providers and the community is still aware that HIV is still still an issue that we're dealing with here in the state and also here in our local area. So we'll have some refreshments, information about HIV AIDS and how people can get in with the um, testing services that are offered by perception programs, the treatment resources offered by generations, and the case management services offered by Wyndham AIDS program. Um, so we'll have information about those resources. We'll have free testing available for anyone who's interested in getting tested which takes about 20 to 25 minutes, and then people have know their status and can make informed decisions going on from there. I think that's a really good point, that it's still going on, even though COVID has taken over the news the last three years. Marilise, tell me how widespread HIV AIDS is in the Wyndham area, and what are the numbers now versus what they were maybe 5, 10, 20 years ago? I would say the numbers are... we. Well, it all depends. A lot of uh, persons or uh, people that have been diagnosed with HIV-AIDS, uh, the numbers have gone down recently, um, newly diagnosed numbers, I would say, in our areas. Um, and the, one, the people or persons that are living with HIV-AIDS now are pretty well. Um, they are doing great on their own. Um, so I would say it's the numbers have gone down in our area for right now. And along those same lines, anybody can pick up on this, is the idea that HIV AIDS at one time, 40 years ago, was a death sentence. It's not a death sentence anymore. Does the fact that it's not a death sentence make people not take it as seriously as maybe they did 30 or 40 years ago? You know, Wayne, I... Um I started in 1989, and during that time, up until the mid-90s, we would have 100 clients. As of now, we have like 30 clients. So it, um, people are feeling are healthier, and people are taking their medication. 
as opposed to when I started, there was no, there was very little medication, and people, unfortunately, were passing away quite rapidly. So, big difference from, from when I started in 89 to, to now in 2022. So, it's... Uh, What's the role Generations Family Health Center plays in the area of HIV AIDS in our northeast part of the state? Um, so Generations receives funding from the Hawaiian Wright HIV AIDS program um, from both Part C and D. Um, so using those funds, they provide HIV primary medical care and support services for individuals with low income, underinsured and uninsured individuals with HIV. And the goal is to increase the health outcomes for those individuals and reduce the transmission of HIV. Um, and it also um, provides some testing through um, those services. Uh, so oftentimes Generations is doing testing at specifically like facilities um, so that the people at that facility can kind of get, get a knowledge of what their status is so they can figure out what medical care they need. Um, and they also provide primary care focused on women, infants, children, and youth living with HIV. So they're really the, the biggest provider of medical care in the area for individuals with HIV, especially if they're underinsured or uninsured or don't have access to uh, medical care through other means. We made the reference to COVID earlier. Let me tie that in to HIV AIDS. With COVID, we've heard about people who are immunocompromised are at higher risk of contracting COVID-19. Would people who have tested positive and are HIV AIDS patients fit under that umbrella? Are they the immunocomp... Would they be one example of an immunocompromised part of the population? Um, so, yes. If somebody has HIV, part of what HIV does is it reduces the effectiveness of your immune system, so it makes it harder for you to fight off other infections. At this point in time, if somebody's on treatment for HIV, generally speaking, that treatment suppresses the virus, so it suppresses HIV and allows their immune system to recover at least partially, if not fully. So if somebody's on treatment for HIV, they're not necessarily as immunocompromised, but they still are at higher risk because of the nature of HIV and how it interacts with our immune system. Stephen, you're with the outreach staff for Perception Programs. Tell me more about Perception Programs and its role or their role with HIV AIDS and the Wyndham AIDS program. Um, so Perception Programs is overall it's nonprofit mental health substance use treatment. Uh, the specific outreach department, uh, we have two kind of departments that are focused on HIV um, one of them is the testing, so that's the outreach. Uh, we do HIV and hepatitis C testing and education, and we do uh, harm reduction techniques for individuals who are at risk. Um, so we're trying to find people who don't know their status and make sure they have access to free rapid testing, which means that they can know their status in about 20 to 25 minutes. And then depending on what that is, we can direct them either to treatment resources that are appropriate for them, or we can direct them to prevention resources that are proper for them. So that might be connecting them with um, pre-exposure prophylaxis PrEP medication for HIV, um, or it might be connecting them with condoms or syringe service program or whatever 
service will help them reduce their risk based on what activities they're engaged in. And then we also have a newer program which started last year actually, which is specifically for prevention. So it's trying to work with 13 to 24 year olds to try and educate them about the risks before they start engaging in those behaviors. So we can reduce the high risk behavior before they actually put themselves at risk for HIV. And Marilise de Jesus, how do people first get involved with the Wyndham AIDS program? Is it a matter of testing positive and then they get referred to the Wyndham AIDS program? And then once they are in connection with the Wyndham AIDS program, what are some of the services that you can provide to help them out and help them control the symptoms and beyond for HIV AIDS? So you're correct. They would be they would have to be tested either by perceptions program, they would be referred by generations by a their primary provider, whoever they were tested, whoever tested them, um, they would be referred to our program, and then we would offer them medical case management. So we offer basic, um, we offer them gas cards. So that would be to be able to take them to any medical appointments they may have related to their HIV. We offer them food vouchers. So they are. Uh, stop and shop gift cards that we would give them that would help them with um, any food they may need, anything related to food that would help them. Also, we refer them out to other agencies as well. If we don't have the services they need, we would refer them out to other local agencies, either Access, um, there is WAME, there is the Soup Kitchen, um, any other agencies, depending on their needs. And Belinda, I feel like I've known you since the beginning of the Wyndham AIDS program. Can you kind of compare and contrast what things were like in the early days of the Wyndham AIDS program and how the services you now offer have expanded and it's so much better, so much different than what it was back in the old days? Well, <clears throat> back when I first started and we opened up the AIDS program in Romantic, um, our whole goal at that point was just trying to find uh, resources for clients. And like I said, we at one point we had over 100 clients. And, um, and at that point, we also provided services for their children. We had, um, there was a different, it was a different climate and there was more money that was used for, because of Ryan White funds, that were used for client services, which would be, um, a lot of it would be children's uh, activities, uh, adult activities, uh, trying to get uh, kids back with their parents who had been incarcerated. That was, and we were going to court for clients, um, actually helping to make burial uh, uh, situations for clients because people were unfortunately passing away and a lot of clients at that point had no family. So we were the ones that were trying to set things up for them. Uh, for services for them, and uh, it was a whole different climate, and and medications have just constantly improved, and as of now, all the clients that we have on our caseload are um, they they're, they're healthy, and they they need our services at times, but many of them are just doing fine, and it's really the way I wanted when I leave this program, which you know will happen. Uh, my goal was always, when I started, was for people to be healthy and to, to not have HIV-AIDS at all existing. However, that's not true yet, but the medication is like a miracle. So, yeah, big, big difference 
that has um, changed the whole climate, and it's, it's actually for the best. Linda, one of the things we've heard about over the years as a treatment for HIV-AIDS is the AIDS cocktail. Is that still a treatment? No, no. And I will let Marty Lee talk on that because she's the one that works directly uh, with Generations and Dr. Ciccone. Well, Marilise, let me just follow up on that and just say, if we don't use the AIDS cocktail now, what is the most effective treatment for HIV-AIDS that we use in 2022? Right now, there are a few different medications that they're out, um, but they are either three-in-one pills. Um, it is kind of like a cocktail, but it's not as strong as what they were giving back in the day. Um, there's even an injection now that they can be taking, and if I'm not mistaken, it's once a month they take this injection. They would go to their provider, and they would get that injection. So it's not a pill they have to take on a daily basis like any other of the medications. Um, that is something that's very important, their medication. In order to keep them uh, virally suppressed, they are to take this medication either daily or monthly, depending on how their system works with the medication and how the provider sees their labs once they get their lab results after they've been taking the medication for a while. Stephen Feathers, uh, Generations currently serves about 120 patients through the Ryan White Part C program. Is that a fair approximation of how many people in the Wyndham area right now have HIV AIDS? Or do you think there's some undiagnosed people out there that have it? Maybe they don't know they have it. In other words, there's more than 120 out there. So there's likely more than 120. The Generations serves individuals who have not don't have the ability to get an independent primary care provider who can serve them for HIV AIDS. So there are gonna be other people who live in this area who do have HIV AIDS, but have access to other providers because they have more robust insurance plans. Um, but also um, Generations uh, sent a note along and it, it goes with all the information we're getting from the state is that with COVID, a lot of people stopped getting tested for HIV and other sexually transmitted illnesses. And what that means is that there were people who might have had HIV who didn't know who have been sexually active for a few years because they haven't been getting tested. And when somebody doesn't know their status, that's when they're most likely to spread HIV if they have it because they don't know that they need to take the actions to actually prevent the spread of the disease. And also, when somebody is virally suppressed on the medications that Marilise was talking about, they cannot spread HIV through um, sexual activity. So if somebody is doing what they're supposed to do to take care of their health, they're also protecting their partners. But if you don't know what your status is, you can't do that. We have developed a vaccine that's been fairly effective in containing the severity of COVID. But after all these years, have they? I'm sure they've tried to come up with a vaccine for HIV-AIDS, but apparently they haven't succeeded in that. Is that accurate? So there is no vaccine for HIV. There's been a number of trials, but none of them were found to be um, super effective. There is, however, and I, I mentioned it in passing earlier, um, there's medication protocol called pre-exposure prophylaxis, and there's now several different medications that are approved for it. And if somebody takes um, pre-exposure prophylaxis for HIV, um, for many people it's one pill once a day, but they did, within like the last six months, they did get an injection version, which is once every two months approved. 
And if somebody is at risk for HIV and they are taking pre-exposure prophylaxis, that reduces the chance of them catching HIV by 99% even if they're exposed. So it's highly effective, similar in terms of the effectiveness numbers we were hearing when the vaccines for COVID first came out in terms of if somebody's taking pre-exposure prophylaxis, there's a very, very small chance that they will contract HIV. And lastly, repeat again what goes on locally tomorrow on World AIDS Day. And the follow-up to that is, are there some big national events going on tomorrow for, for World AIDS Day? Um, so tomorrow here in Willimantic from 11 to 2, we're going to have some information about what services are available here in town and people can come ask questions and we're hoping that um, other case managers and providers who might have lost track of what HIV services are available will come by and refresh their information so that they can get it out to their um, consumers, clients, residents, whatever is appropriate. Uh, and we are also going to be offering testing, and that's going to be at 842 Main Street from 11 to 2 here in Willimantic. Um, statewide, there are a number of World AIDS Day celebrations that are happening. Um, I know there is one that's happening in Hartford. Uh, there is Ice Out AIDS, um, which is starting at 6 o'clock, and it is at the Bushnell Park Pump House, and it has free giveaways and refreshments, which we will also have here in Willimantic, although probably not the same as what they have in Hartford. Um, but they are going to be offering the rapid HIV and hepatitis C screenings, the same as us, and they will be at the ice skating rink in Bushnell Park. World AIDS Day, putting ourselves to the test, achieving equity to end HIV. That was Stephen Feathers, outreach staff from Perception Programs. Also, Belinda Clark, Program Director with the Wyndham AIDS Program, and Marlies De Jesus from the Wyndham AIDS Program. Folks, thanks for sharing information about this very important topic this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Have a nice day. 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.